from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Ernie, I'm not going to ask you again. We're closed. Go home. Just give me five minutes. I swear to God, Ernie, I will unplug the Wi-Fi if you don't pack your shit up. You know, when you're in a bad mood, try taking a deep breath instead of taking your frustrations out on your customers. Customers? I don't see any fucking customers here. You're a parasite, and you're pissing me off. Seems to me... You're still pissed off about the other night. Do you get off on pushing my buttons? This is about you and your nonstop bullshit here. Hello, are you listening to me? Five more minutes. That's it. Give me this fucking computer. What the hell? Don't you touch my computer. Give it it to me. We're closed. Get the hell out. Close the door. But the door is open. Sebastian. Sebastian. Danny. Grandpa. What are you guys doing here? Hey, Pop. You got a minute? Thought I'd come by and see how things were going. Check on you, especially after the other night with the party and everything. Uh, yeah, I'm just swell. Uh, can't you tell? I was actually just on my way out, but uh, here, yeah, man, have a seat. Hey, Dan, long time no see. Shut the fuck up. I still want you out of here. Pack your shit! Araceli's waiting in the car, so we won't be too long. Can I get you guys anything to eat? Drink? want chocolate milk. Sebastian, what else do you say? Please. 
I didn't teach you any manners, and you still turned out to be a polite fucker. You're a polite fucker too, Grandpa. You're consistent in that way. Maybe not in other ways, but you've always been a nice guy. Here you go, little man. Thank you. So you're really running for mayor, huh? I remember you used to talk about it all the time when I was a kid. And now you're doing it. Please. I'm a laughing stock. You saw what happened the other night. Hey, you always be Oaktown Mayor to me, Len. Shut the fuck up and get your ass out of here! I think it's cool. Even if you don't win. It's about the journey, not the destination. Did you turn into Gandhi or something? That way Araceli is letting you be a dad again? No, she wants to take it slow. Supervised visits and whatnot. But I get that. It's definitely progress. Actually, I thought you talked to her because she reached out to me the day after the party. I can't take credit for that. I guess um, she must have realized it's, it's wrong to keep a man from his kid. Yeah. That and I think she's had a rough time caring for Sebastian by herself. That what you think? She seems to have gotten by just fine. I mean, at least she's not living at a woman's shelter or on the streets or something. Yeah. Uh, don't think I don't know what you did while I was gone. Araceli told me everything. Huh. Um. <laughs> What'd she tell you? That you helped my family while I was gone? I will never forget that. Ah, it was the least I could do. Family is family, right? Come over and have dinner with us this week. Araceli loves the apartment you hooked her up with. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty busy with... Well, Mom already agreed to it. For the both of you. Oh, boy. Grandpa, if you stay for dinner, maybe you can sleep over until breakfast again. <laughs> breakfast? You... When did I ever... Sevi, I... You... I gotta tell you, that imagination of yours, it's crazy. Must take after you in that department, Dan, huh? Can I have that gold boot over there? Oh, uh, you've got good taste, kiddo, but, um, no. Fine. Can I have that Mickey Mouse box? Um, I think that's a collectible. Uh, you wouldn't be able to touch it or play with it. Um. How about the spaceship on the refrigerator? Huh, how about more chocolate milk? Deal. You're good with him. Yeah, being a grandpa is a lot easier than being a father. You weren't always the most supportive father, or the best listener, but at least you were there. Especially when Araceli got pregnant. Man, we were just kids, and you let us live with you, even with all the drama. One thing I realized in rehab is that not everyone has that kind of safety net. So I appreciate you for that. What is this? Uh, some kind of 12-step thing? Make amends or whatever? Just seems like you could use some encouragement these days. I mean, I thought I was in a bad place, but then I saw you. Jesus. Didn't realize rehab turned addicts into saints. Don't worry about me. 
Okay, I'm doing great. Here, let me uh, let me walk you out before Araceli pops a blood vessel. Man, seems like Oakland's been on fire since I got back. You got any idea who's behind all this? A bunch of low-life wackos, no doubt. By the way, uh, I meant to thank you for taking care of that thing we discussed. Uh, job well done. The graffiti was a nice touch. What? Cafe Meta. Tongue? Oh, right. I thought about it, and it just wasn't worth the risk of losing Sebastian. Looks like someone else got to him before I did anyway. Guess you're not the only one who hates this guy. Huh? No, it had to be. Oh, wait. Oh, I, I got you. I got you. Trying to maintain plausible deniability or something, right? Huh? Smart. Smart, son. Uh, we'll drop it for now. Okay. I have no idea what you're talking about, Pop. Danny, it's past Sebastian's bedtime. Let's go. Mom, hey, I got chocolate milk. How you doing? Fine. Would it kill you to smile every once in a while? Sheesh. Kiss my ass. Danny says you like the new place. No need to thank me. You really earned it. Actually, I think there's rodents in the building. Maybe you should do something about that. You got a big, strong man here to help you out now. Right, Danny? I don't need a big, strong man to kill mice. I just need poison. Then I'll watch them squirm and die. But mice are cute. Jeez, Ari. Don't you think that's a little dark for Sebastian? Don't tell me what's best for Sebastian unless you want to stay here with your daddy. Good night, and uh, good luck. Bye, Grandpa. I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. 
criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Took you long enough. Holy shit, man. I told you to stop doing this. You're fine. Drive. I mean, I almost had a heart attack. Okay. You really should respond to my text messages so we don't have to meet like this. I'm busy. Oh, yeah? How busy? I'm running for mayor. So very. Busy tearing up businesses like Metacafe? Oh, come on. That had nothing to do with me. Right. I guess that guy broke his own window. Chuck, it's not my fucking business what goes on with his windows. Being an informant doesn't give you a get-out-of-jail-free card for all the petty shit you're involved in. Especially when you fail to check in and, I don't know, inform. It's a slow week for the commies. What am I supposed to do? I want to know where we are with Owen. Listen, I'm telling you, these two are the most boring anarchists of all time. They don't do anything interesting. Owen sleeps at the cafe most nights. He's a halfway decent worker. Other than that, he smokes a shit ton of weed and does British shit. And Rebecca? She's a pain in the ass. But at the end of the day, she's just talk. Always has a new friend buzzing around. She seems to like picking up strays. Names? I don't know. How the hell should I know? One's named Poppy or something stupid like that. That's all I can recall. I can't babysit these kids. What did Owen say when you asked him about the fires? Gave his condolences. Between Rebecca and Owen, I need to know who's more likely to flip. Uh, have you listened to their radio show? That should tell you everything you need to know. A radio show is a distraction, a front. It's nothing. All I want for you to do is what I ask. Otherwise, this relationship here doesn't work. Yeah, I I know. You can skip the speech where you remind me what's at stake through veiled threats. I got you. And I'm telling you, these kids aren't the ones you're looking for. We'll be the judge of that, okay? There's something coming, something big. If they're planning an event of mass destruction, we have to pursue every possible avenue, every lead. Understood. I'm here to help. What do you know about Beulah? Not a lot. Uh, She's a friend of Rebecca's, works at the cafe, quiet gal. Why? Her twin sister, Savannah, used to work at the cafe, too. Sure. Big deal. I want reports on Beulah, who she hangs out with, her habits, everything. A waste of time, but fine. It's only the taxpayers' dollars being flushed down the toilet while you go down rabbit holes. You don't know what I know about Beulah, so let me be the judge of what's a rabbit's hole. It's true. I barely know her. But I just don't think she's got it in her to be a cold-blooded comic. Do me a favor. Keep an eye on her anyway, all right? Fine. And should you continue to fail in your half-ass attempts to do what I've asked of you, it won't be homophobia you'll go viral over. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Question. Is Ernie one of your guys? Who the hell's Ernie? He's just this customer who likes to get on my fucking nerves. 
You kind of remind me of him. That's why I asked. I'm not fucking around here, Lenny. Don't test me. Hey, man. All I've done is comply with you guys. Because I'm a patriot who loves this great land. I don't want Antifa running it any more than you do. So the threats to my livelihood are unnecessary and uncalled for. Pull over here. I'm glad you feel that way. Because I really don't think you have the face for prison, Lenny. You know. It's because of douche. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Things were now going well for Shantae, who by all accounts had made real and remarkable progress. Her first week at Freedom House began with some trouble, but ended with the achievement of a completed therapy session, the very first in her 16 years. Prior to this event, she hadn't known the kind of alleviation that comes from bearing one's soul. As she relived the details of her troubled past, she felt lighter freer. Without an ounce of shame, she told the group about her mother, who had frequently turned tricks in their apartment. She described how one night she had found her mother unconscious after her boyfriend nearly strangled her to death. Shante laid it all out, intoxicated by the sensation of relief brought on by the lightning load. 
A full hour went by and she had shown no signs of stopping. <laughs> you know when the last time I saw my mom was when she left me and my little brother in the house. I took care of him as much as I could, but there was no food in the fridge. Who does that? You know, it was just Lucky Charms. The milk was sour, so we ate the cereal with water. Yeah. Irene was struck by the way Shantae laughed as she recounted many of the more disturbing details of her life. As if those things had happened to a character in a movie, and not herself. This fearlessness, lack of sentimentality, and pragmatism endeared Shantae to her. A psychologist would have listened to the teenager and concluded she was suffering from depersonalization. But not Irene. The other girls, for their part, grow impatient with the long-winded tales. Girl, I have to pee. Can we Damn, can we, can we wrap this Jocelyn, up? Jocelyn, that was very disrespectful. Let her finish. Shantae, what happened after you were found by the police? Foster care. They never found my mama. My brother got adopted, supposedly, but I don't know where he is. My aunt let me come live with her, but I cannot stand her nosy ass. Been there, girl. Incredible. So you're really all you've got. You're alone. How does that make you feel? I mean, I'm not alone, and it's cool. Being alone and by yourself don't bother me. I like doing my own thing. Yeah, I mean, independence is good. But you should know that you have all of us here, too. Um, okay. I guess that's good to know. In this house, your free will won't ever be repressed. I don't want you to become dependent on others, but everyone needs to know when to ask for help. All right, let me ask you something. What'd you get out of all this? A lot, actually. If I can protect any of you girls from these chaotic energy vampires, I've done my job. Shantae, you don't need Devon's in your life. Not anymore. Words from Irene's lips were kind and sincere, as they usually tended to be. There was no doubt that Arshante was seduced by the promises made by that sweet-faced deceiver. Trusting in Irene gave her a sense of comfort and security. It was as if she'd been allowed a rest after running a marathon. Despite being skeptical by nature, the temptation to believe all that Irene promised was too great. It was not that the older woman's words were altogether hollow. Indeed, she might have meant well. The problem was, she had failed to communicate the complete truth of what Freedom House was. But fate would see to it that all would be revealed. The Lower Bottoms, being a small neighborhood, often lends itself to serendipitous encounters between friends, acquaintances, and adversaries. Such was the case for Shantae at the end of her second week at the house. Feeling somewhat restless and ready to explore the area, she decided that she would get some snacks at the nearby corner store. She hadn't a cent to her name, but that would not stop her from getting money. She knew for a fact that Jocelyn, inexplicably, kept a stack of bills in her room, which she counted in front of the other girls frequently. Shantae felt that this made her a fool, deserving to be divested from her money. When Jocelyn left with some of the other girls, Shantae searched her room for the bills. For a brief moment, she considered what might happen if Irene should discover she had stolen from one of the others. But she pushed aside those thoughts, convincing herself that no one would be able to prove a thing. Unfortunately, 
She only found a few singles inside a box of condoms under the bed. It was no matter. She was well acquainted with the art of petty theft. Bluebird Liquors was the closest store. The walk there did wonders to clear her mind, and she found herself in a lively mood. Inside the store, she picked up various snacks. She was browsing the chip aisle when she recognized one of the women who had helped her escape Devon. Eye contact was the last thing she wanted, but much to Shante's dismay, the woman seemed to recognize her, too. Hey, I know you. Nope. Must got me confused with someone else. Well, you do look different with clothes on. Oh, bitch, you trying to fight, huh? Girl, I'm not trying to fight you. I was just playing. Calm down. Whatever. Hot Cheetos? You owe me a bag of those. You damn near ate all mine that night you jumped in our car. Bitch, whatever. So how you doing? Let me guess. Whatever? Yeah, it's whatever. Look, I need to pay for my shit. Where the fuck this line come from? You know, by the way, I knew you wouldn't go in that police station. What are you talking about? You went back to him, right? The dude with the dreads? Bitch, would you mind your own business? I knew it. Your lifestyle isn't sustainable long term. That guy looked like he wanted to kill you. Next time will be worse, you know. For your information? Miss Nosy, that's not my situation anymore. Good. You're way too young to be running these streets. By the way, I'm Rebecca. Shantae was prepared to slap Rebecca's outstretched hand and tell her to go to hell. The only thing that stopped her from doing so was fear of disappointing Irene. Why did this girl act as if they were friends? You're supposed to shake my hand. No? Okay. That's fine. What was your name again? Okay, look, let's cut the crap. I don't care about what your name is, and you damn sure need to worry about mine. And I don't want to hear your bullshit-ass story when your crazy-ass friend left me at the police station with no clothes on? <sighs> you know, normally I would have cussed your ass out by now, but I'm changed. Did you find God or something? No smart ass. A cop took me to the halfway house, so for your information, I'm fine now. And you can stop pretending like you give a shit. Are you ready to pay? Come on. Shantae walked up to the register to pay for her items. Forgetting that she had planned on stealing most of them, Rebecca had thrown her off course. The cashier stared at her as she counted the crinkled bills that were in her pocket and very clearly insufficient to cover the pile of junk food. Witnessing the awkward scene, Rebecca stepped in and paid the difference. This act did not cause Shantae to feel gratitude toward Rebecca. On the contrary, she detested her even more, and she stormed out of the market. Rebecca felt concern for her, perhaps more than she should. Pangs of guilt vexed her as she looked at the forlorn yet highly capable girl. There was something familiar in her anger and mistrust that reminded her of herself. A certain self-destruction, too. Moreover, she couldn't shake the feeling that Shante was still running away from something. She was clothed this time around, but running nonetheless, compelled to ease her conscience and to see to it that the young girl was all right. She ran after her. Wait a minute. Oh, my gosh. Bitch, will you just go away? Okay, obviously, I don't need your fake-ass charity, so just leave me to hell alone. I'm not offering you any charity. Good, because it's too late. You missed your chance on being Captain Save-A-Ho. You said you're at a halfway house. Is it really helping? 
because a lot of times government-funded places are real pieces of shit. Oh my gosh, okay, it's cool. That was not convincing. Oh, I gotta go, okay, bye. If you need help, now's your chance to get it. Believe me, I don't need a damn thing from you. I don't know why you just cannot get this through your head. Okay, I'm getting enough help at the Freedom House. They're my family. Freedom House? Not the place around the corner on 8th? Yeah, that place. No. It's my home now. You can't be there. Uh, yes I am. As a matter of fact, watch me go. I just, I just mean it's common knowledge that it's a cat house. <sighs> Bitch, what do you mean a cat house? A place of ill repute, a brothel, whorehouse, whatever you want to call it. Girls stay on rotation over there. And a lot of them disappear. <laughs> yeah, right. And you think I'm gonna believe you? It's a halfway house for teenage girls. You know, drug addicts and shit. I'm trying to tell you that it's a front. How do you not know this if you live there? This makes no sense. I'm... You said a police officer brought you there. What was his name? I don't know. Something white. Bill, Steve, Scott. A white dude. All I know is he said he wanted to help me. Police lie all the time. They're corrupt as hell, and you should know that. No. Because Irene, she's the manager over there, and she knows everything. She wouldn't even let that happen. Well, listen, I don't know who Irene is, but I can tell you that she must be involved somehow. No way she wouldn't know what's going on. Everyone on that block knows. Except you, I guess. Look, I meant what I said. If you need help, I can see if there's other accommodations around. Shante stood there trying to comprehend what she had always suspected deep down. She stared into the distance where there was a cloud of black smoke rising toward the sky no more than a mile or two away. For a moment, she thought she could feel the heat from the fire that burned. Rebecca looked at her, feeling more sympathy than she thought possible. Damn Oakland, always on fire. It's not us on fire. We are the fire. There's a big difference, and you should remember that. Shante barely heard the words, and their meaning didn't register at all. She turned and ran as fast as she could, not caring that she had dropped the bag of junk food on the ground. Back at the house, she looked for Irene, who was nowhere to be found. Jocelyn and some of the other girls were in the common room, laughing. Let me ask you something. How you making all that money you always showing off? What money? Bitch, don't play with me. You stay running around here with a stack in your hand. How the fuck are you making it? <laughs> Look, I can't tell if you joking or you just hella dumb. Oh, wow. You really don't know. All these dudes coming through here and you never thought about it? Shit, you and Irene getting all buddy-buddy didn't mean shit if she was going to help you out. For the first time, Shante had no urge to attack Jocelyn for talking down to her. It was the first time that she could remember being utterly dumbfounded. Everything suddenly made far more sense than it had before. The illusion was shattered, but instead of clarifying, somehow she was even more confused than before. Now she only wanted answers. Where the fuck Irene at? I don't know. She should be here soon. Feeling very tired, Shante returned to her room. She didn't understand why it hurt so much that her two weeks at the house had turned out to be a lie. The false sense of security here had been a much-needed reprieve. But if she could go back in time, she wouldn't have come in the first place. She slept for what felt like hours, 
When she awoke, disorientation overtook her. After a few moments, she stood up and left the room to look for Irene. She found her in her office with Officer Scott Quarry. He smiled at her as she entered the room with palpable rage on her face. How's everything going, Shantae? Irene here tells me you're adjusting here very nicely. Man, fuck you. Would you excuse us, Scott? Of course. I know how some of these girls can get a little full of themselves. Probably hormones, right? Take care of yourself, Shantae. Man, how you gonna play me like that? Pretending like you gonna help me? Bitch, you ain't nothing but another pimp. I can see that you're upset. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. I'm no pimp. My job's always been to help people. I provide girls with a safe place with safe clientele and help them leave the life when they eventually want to move on. This place ain't nothing but a front. You acting like you all pure and shit? You ain't nothing but another phony asshole. I hate to break it to you, but nothing in this country is pure. Everything is tainted and no one's intentions are selfless and we all leave this earth dirty. But I can give you something better than purity. I can give you purpose. Oh, bitch, purpose? Purpose? Like the same kind of purpose you giving Jocelyn and them? They have purpose, but theirs is different from yours. Shantae, you have the potential to be extraordinary, to do something very special with your life. Okay. Now what the hell that's supposed to mean, huh? It'll make sense if you give this time. You just need to trust me to guide you. So I'm supposed to trust your phony ass when girls are disappearing around here all the time? Shantae, this is a halfway house. You're all free to leave whenever you like. And many of the girls return to the streets. I can't stop them. But I don't want that for you. Man, it's... Fuck you. You really made me feel like all that dirty shit I done was over. But now you over here talking the same game. You act like I don't know what bullshit look like. I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah, me too. Look, let's talk about this tomorrow when we're less emotional. Just know, I have your best interests at heart. Yeah, screw you and the Freedom House. Shantae had finally seen who Irene truly was, and the discovery felt like the cruelest thing to ever happen to her. She had let herself have hope, and its loss was devastating. As she left Irene's office, she wished that she had never come to Freedom House in the first place. She'd been fine before she got here. Things were chaotic and messy, but she knew how to handle crazy. And now she felt broken and unable to put the pieces back together. Retiring to her bedroom for the evening, Shantae knew she would not sleep. Her only thought was of escape. She recalled what Rebecca had said about being surprised that she hadn't gone back to Davon. Maybe that was where she went wrong. Perhaps that was where she was meant to be, she thought. What right did she have to believe she could change the inevitable, alter her fate? It didn't matter that Irene had told her she was special or that she encouraged her to open up. For if it were all said simply to get her to be amenable to the idea of selling her body, what difference had it all made? Perhaps even more than being heartbroken, she was angry, and her anger made her want revenge, retribution. Despite these intense feelings, she found it difficult to conceive of physically harming Irene. It annoyed her that she should feel this way. She wanted to hurt her, yet doing so seemed wrong. For a moment, she considered burning Freedom House to the ground. Why not? The rest of Oakland was on fire. Why not here, too? 
However, she dismissed that thought quickly because the idea of living in prison seemed unbearably terrible. No one, no thing seemed to be an appropriate target for her rage. And so she decided on hurting the one person she felt deserved it the most, herself. The next morning, she avoided everyone, especially Irene. She hid in her room, only coming out to use the bathroom. Since it was Friday, she knew everyone would be out of the house by 8 p.m. It was the custom for Irene to take the girls out to dinner. At around 6 p.m., she asked her roommate to use her cell phone. She dialed the only number she knew by heart. It rang several times, going to voicemail. She dialed it again. Yo, who the fuck is this? Damn, it's me. Bitch, me who? Shantae. Shantae, who the fuck is Shantae? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh dear Shantae, how predictable you are. Your short-lived life of virtue was but a short chapter in a tale whose ending was fixed from the beginning. And so the girl who presumed to be our heroine returns to the black depths from which she crawled, far beyond the pale of society's comforting light. Freedom ain't free, baby. Now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Will Packer, executive producer. James Lopez, executive producer. <laughs> Look at here. Jack Levy, executive producer and director. Let's go. Dominique Mouton. You know. Creator and writer. Producer. Love you, baby. You dig? Hello. Hello. Uh. Whitney Fuller, creative executive. Michael Keyberg, co-producer. Terrell Alexis, recording mixer. Sound design. Ross Davis, audio consultant. Music supervisor, Jeff Forston. Music by Def Jeff, what up boy? Joe Wolf, Tony Homer. Scoremongers, Paige Ramsey, production assistant. Julia Rome, production assistant. <laughs> Main cast now. <laughs> you dig? Uh huh. Cynthia Rodriguez, Araceli. Uh huh. And uh, Drell playing as Devon Wallace. Come on now. Uh huh. Katia Friley, Irene. Come on. Hey. Kelsey Grammer, the narrator. Come on. Kevin E. West, special agent, Chuck Evans. Miguel Perez, Officer Scott Quarry. Pace Ramsey, another additional voice. Yeah, come on. Philip Alexander, playing as Danny. Ron Destiny, plays Rebecca. Sean Sharma, playing as Ernie. Shoshana Watkins, playing as Jocelyn. Teresa Celeste, Shante Thomas, Theo Rossi, Lenny Martelli, Boy Butley as Sebastian. Shouts out, Souls Mission, 
downtown Venice, baby. You know, for real though. Sound by podcast stage. Yeah, this has been a Will Packer Media Production, iHeart Production, and I am that boy Drew Down. The one and only no phony or Mac without the wrong Let's go. That's a additional voices. <laughs> yeah. One and only. Let's go. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com.